Hello everyone! Welcome to One More Prime, the Transformers Watch Along. I am Mike Schwartz, a man who's seeing figments! Figments! I'm joined by my kids, Emmett and Elsa. Hello! Hi! We're about to have the creepy crawlies. <gasps> we are watching the Insecticon Syndrome, episode 13 of season 2. Yes, our annoying friends the Insecticons are back. In this episode, Bombshell takes over Soundwave's mind with a little mind control ball thing? Anyway, it made me think how the insect world is a Lovecraftian hellscape full of parasites, mind control, and what we can only refer to as zombies. Kids, I pulled up three examples of such bug body horror from Matthew L. Miller's article, Horrifying True Stories of Insect Zombies, from nature.org. Let's read one. I'll go first. Horsehair worms. That hair-like wormy critter lays a bunch of eggs in the water, which is the beginning of a very long and strange journey. The eggs hatch into larvae and float in the water column, where they resemble tasty treats for aquatic insects. In reality, this is a rather elaborate trick. The horsehair worm larvae is gulped by mosquito and mayfly larvae. But once in the insect's stomach, the horsehair worm larvae insist themselves, where they live and wait. The mayfly metamorphosizes into a flying adult, and the cyst remains. Eventually, the insect host dies and is fed on by a carrion eater like a cricket. Then things get really weird. Once in the cricket's digestive tract, the horsehair worm larvae transforms into the worm and takes control of the cricket. This, quote, zombie cricket does not stagger around or start randomly biting like the walking dead. It behaves pretty much like a normal cricket, except it doesn't chirp. A chirping cricket is quite conspicuous and could attract predators. The horsehair worm needs to keep the cricket alive for now. However, this quickly changes if the cricket gets near water. The parasite causes the cricket to seek out and leap into water. Normally, a cricket avoids falling into water as hungry fish await, and the cricket isn't a great swimmer, but under control of the horsehair worm, it leaps into the water like it's the insect version of Michael Phelps. The cricket drowns, and the horsehair worm emerges to begin the cycle anew. Ugh. Elsa, go ahead. Thorny-headed worms! Thorny-headed worms are parasites in the digestive tracts of songbirds. Parasites must find ways to spread to continue their survival, and in many cases their eggs are passed through feces. In this case, the, the songbird defecates thorny-headed worm eggs. The roly-poly enjoys a bird-dropping dro dinner and picks up the egg. Alas, the egg transforms into a... a a worm, which turns the roly-poly into a zombie. In this case, the victim does behave like a movie zombie, moving slowly and not hiding. This makes it easy prey for, you guessed it, songbirds. The bird gulps down the, the sow bug, and the thorny-headed worm has a new host. Fungus. Emmett? Several species of fungi that take over the bodies of carpenter ants. Carpenter ant picks up the spore as it marches through the, its jungle home. The fungus will soon be in control, causing the usually social ant to break away from its colony. The ant climbs a tree, exactly 25 meters high, and clamps onto the underside of a leaf. It will die there, and the fungus will erupt from its body. Spores drop onto the forest floor below, where they will be picked up by a new wave of unsuspecting ants. It has been widely assumed that the fungus takes over the ant's brain, but according to The Atlantic... New research has found that fungus takes over just about everything but the brain. The fungus behaves like a colony, with individual fungal cells taking over the muscles, cutting off connections with the brain. So the ant's brain functions normally, but its muscles are under the control of the fungal host. That was disgusting. Thank you, kids. Today's guest host is Courtney Hahn. <laughs> Sorry, Courtney. Courtney is an up-and-coming cartoonist who is currently working on Fast Break. Fast Break is a middle-aged graphic novel written by friend of the show Sean Pryor and is planning a 2023 release. We are all looking forward to that. Written by Douglas Booth and airing on October 9th, 1985, this is The Insecticon Syndrome. Syndrome. All right, everybody, we are here with a comic. How would you refer to yourself? Comic book artist, illustrator, Courtney Hahn. Uh, yeah, I, I usually say like, um, uh, I usually say cartoonist, but that tends to have more of a kind of a different connotation depending on who you talk to. Um, but comic artist, illustrator, it, it's all the, the same umbrella. When, when I hear discussions about, about 
labels like that. It, cartoonist seems to like, I don't know, it's, it has like a air of importance to it. Like you think like Charles Schultz or, or like a, like New Yorker cartoonists. Well, see, yeah, I call them cartoonists, but I I like that label. It's cool. It's it it gives um a bit of um respect. Right. And it's just it's one word. And I think that's what I appreciate most about it is the is the brevity. <laughs> like, yeah, because you could be like, are you a comic artist? Are you a graphic novel artist? And some people call graphic novels comics and comics graphic novels. Yeah. Cartoonist. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are here with cartoonist Courtney Hahn. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Yes. And you, you said before you've you've uh, never watched an original uh, Transformers episode, correct? That is correct. I've seen the screenshots. I've, you know, maybe seen clips, but never an entire episode from, you know, cover to cover. So it it was definitely something I, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is exciting. <laughs> this is an episode. It's, it's, it's a general episode. It's okay. Okay, we'll save save our, our ratings to the end. Oh, but... oh okay, sorry. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Use your editing powers. Yeah, no, I I didn't know what to expect, and I was, like, honestly pleasantly surprised because I felt like this episode, from, from what little I know, like, this has everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> it had just a little bit of everything. It had, like... You got you got the forest rangers and the yes. hungry bug bots and the mind control and and the indigestion like <laughs> what is going on? Yes, yes, there. Get some tums. You know we watch a lot of these episodes uh, week after week and and we I'm not going to get into the the mind control motif, but that happens a lot. But oh, um, initial thoughts for me with this episode is that it. it it kind of goes upon the standard tropes, but it does throw a few curveballs, which I'm like, wow. And and some that go unexplained, which we'll get to later. Courtney, before we start, I, I just wanted to ask you um, about about your art. And, and you know, when, when, when you look at your social media feed, you seem to have a lot of irons in the fire. You know, like, it seems you're like bursting with ideas. <laughs> it feels like sometimes it feels like too many thoughts, but head empty. Um. <laughs> <laughs> do do you do you have time to draw all of these ideas and projects? I mean, if as long as I don't die in the like next ten years, I think I'll have time to draw them. <laughs> uh, you sound I mean, like a mangaka. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm hoping to avoid their their fate. Um, but and why aren't you drawing fifteen pages a day? Come on, and smoking. Oh, yeah. yeah, smoking and. <laughs> I need cigarettes and being a shut in uh, a tiny little TV and mm-hmm. my my own thoughts. Um, <laughs> I I mean I hope that someday I get to I get to do all these things. Um, but you know for now it's like okay I need to focus on what I've got in front of me and you know if I you know if I'm helping a friend with their thing I need to you know focus on actually helping them with their thing. But, you know, it's it's all a part of the learning process that I'm I'm hoping to apply to my own projects. Um, like I'm, I'm flatting a, a big book for a friend of mine and it has been so much work. <laughs> Just the, this book is like 300 pages long. I'm like, oh, my God, they let oh. you do that. Yeah. Um, but it's a gorgeous book with I I'm resonating more to the story these days. And it's just like, all right, let's do this. But I'm like, all right. Now, how do I apply the lessons that they are learning and that I'm learning from them to my own work, to my own um, process? And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe I don't make some of their mistakes like, you know, going too far and getting injured, uh, you know, like with your oh, wrists sure. or, or um, you know, learning how to work with editors and, and make your life painless in that way or you know, how to flat your book in the right way. So it's the easiest thing you like in the whole project. Um, so it's, it's definitely been interesting. And then just seeing a lot of my friends have, you know, their own books going, I'm just like, I'm so proud of everyone. Like, like oh, I feel sure. like this whole community is being lifted up by the publishing industry or, you know, the people who I, you know, would, would have a table next to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
and it's just it's it's wonderful i'm i'm excited well well you know god bless you for doing the flatting because you know that is that is a thankless job that a lot of people don't know how much work goes into it <laughs> speaking of flatting that's what we find what happened to the forest oh we're not oh, doing that yet we're not, we're not, <laughs> not there yet <laughs> he likes to transition in the episode a few more minutes buddy i wanted to say too about you know your process and and i think you, the evidence of you constantly learning is there because when, when I see your drawings, they they appear simple. And, and I say simple, that, that doesn't mean easy. A mm-hmm. lot of times simplicity is actually quite difficult to achieve, especially when you're drawing the same model over and over. Your, your shapes do have a animation feel to it, like open and being able to crank out pages as quick you know as quickly as possible like do you do you is that something you strive to is to try and like boil down the essence of your thoughts and your drawings to kind of uh keep the gears moving i i really do um there have been times in my journey you know learning what i like to draw how i like to draw um where i wanted to be more realistic you know with all the shirt folds and all the muscles in the right place but i'm like that it like it it's nice but I feel like there's so much room for error in a way like you know if Mm. you get someone who who really knows their stuff they're gonna be like oh that delt doesn't look right or you know a knee is a little higher and I'm like oh go away no (laughs) and so (laughs) I'm like you know what let's just let's give them no bones at all or let's you know just just get the most impactful pose we can without it being like distracting or you know, uh, where, you know, mostly distracting, but like where, you know, you feel like it fits. So I, I've taken a lot, I I did go to school for animation. I didn't graduate. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So I went back when, when school dang, um, (laughs) back in like 2012, 2013 is, is around the time I was in college and there was a lot of new fresh stuff happening on, um, on like Cartoon Network, Steven Universe had premiered yes. like the year I started college. So that was oh. a huge inspiration for for me and a lot of my classmates. And, you know, just just seeing the design and the the style, it it's like it's just simple. Like it's it's complex in its in its simplicity. It's so hard to describe. But No, it, I, th- um, I think that's the perfect show to describe <laughs> in that way. Yeah. And it started a whole new like era of cartoons, you know, on at least on Cartoon Network. And, you know, now I, I really am inspired. Um, like my, my favorite thing right now is Amphibia. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Yes. It's so good. Like, I. We should start an Amphibia podcast, like straight up. <laughs> like, oh, I love Amphibia I feel like so I'm gonna, much. I feel like I'm hey, getting kicked we, out of my own podcast I'm right sorry, now. We, <laughs> we are going to start the Owl House soon. Ooh, I've been begging him for us to start it, and he says no. Yeah, these these things are just so fresh and exciting, and like I I don't feel like I've been really attached to something in a long time, and maybe that was you know just um, where I was in my life, but you know maybe it was just there was nothing I felt worthy of being attached to. So you know I I'm I'm huge on Amphibia right now, and. Uh, Craig of the Creek like really love Craig oh yes that's good Um, too oh so good but yeah so I I do aspire to hopefully you know maybe make one of my my ideas into a series you know I'm uh you know maybe that's in the cards for me I just gotta maybe work a little harder I did a Godzilla animation in Procreate Mm -hmm. when they added their animation feature and that took me six months for eight seconds Mm -hmm. and I did that two years ago because like I would I love doing it but it's like, oh, that, that took a long one time. I got some other projects I want to finish first before mm-hmm. I dive into animation. Like a, a rising tide raises all ships. And I'm, I'm like, I need to make sure that I do that for the people around me, too. You know, mm-hmm. be the rising tide or, you know, make sure that they're in my boat. And so that's at least how I try and go, because people think of art as like or not non-art people think of it as like a very competitive thing. like oh, why, why are you trying to be friends with them? They're your competition. And it's like, no, like we will grow together. If they're doing well, I will do well. It's, 
very simple. Like, it's not a contest. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, well, yeah, you and I met in Ann Arbor at mm-hmm. the uh, A2CAF. Um, Gosh, I miss it. I know, I know. That was fun. I got to hang out in the library and we'd read One Piece. Yes, that was so fun. Nice. Yeah. But but th- that's that's a clear indicator of people being there for the love of creating and just being very supportive. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, some other cons, you know, you kind of know who's there to make a name for themselves and strut their stuff. But I, I don't feel that there. It's a, it's a very kind of healthy show <laughs> in that no, regard. I, I do feel like A2CAF and, and when it was earlier, uh, Kids Read Comics, like, yep. it, I f- do feel like it was integral to my to my growth just like as a person you know because like you can grow as an artist and you know maybe do okay but like growing as a person and learning how to talk to other professionals like one of the first things that happened when I was there I was like an 18 year old little little brat (laughs) (laughs) and I was being driven around by one of the librarians because I didn't have a car and my mom drove (laughs) me up there and um like the first the next thing I know I'm sitting at a table next to Raina Talgemeier and and Dave Roman and yeah. just like I'm just like I'm nobody but like like Dave looked at my stuff online and you know I still send him stuff from time to time and then you know Raina thinks I'm from Michigan but I'm like no I'm from Indiana um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know she's helping introduce me to to a few other people while I'm there like Jerry Craft and and all those those big guys and it's just like that dang like this is this is so welcoming and friendly and it is not what people imagine this kind of thing to be like because if if someone wants your comic they might want mine too like there's just there's just two cakes you know like it's it's beautiful and i i miss it i hope we get i hope we get a two calf back soon yeah i hope so too so before we before we start talking about the episode um Mm -hmm. Just real quick, what you could talk about uh, your project, uh, Fast Break, with uh, fr- one more prime friend of the show, Sean Pryor. Oh, yes. What a journey this has been. I met <laughs> Sean like 10 years ago, and now we're here getting yeah. getting published by, by a big boy publisher. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I can't, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, um, but... Where I am currently in the production, I, I guess that's really no secret, um, and it doesn't, you know, um, I'm currently thumbnailing it because I got the script uh, just a month or two ago, so I'm, I'm nearly finished oh, okay. with thumbnailing, and so I'll send those off, and then I have to um, take all those and put them in the page templates and and hope that that doesn't kill my wrists. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, then I'll, and then I'll move on to roughs so I can, I can get into the fun part. Um, like where I, you know, decide acting moments and, and get to like flesh out things a little better and hopefully, you know, make things a little clearer so that my editor and, um, and anyone else there, uh, like the design team, they look at it and they understand what's going on. So I'm, I'm learning a lot about what I'm, what I'm capable of as far as like workload goes. Um, cause I've also got quite a few other things just going on. But it's it's definitely like this is like this is my time to shine. Let's yeah. do this. Let's you know let's put my best foot forward because I'm you know I'm not gonna let this book go out and I'm gonna and you know I may be happy with like five panels out of like a thousand or, or whatever, but you know I I can live with that. <laughs> but I'm like I want to be happy with like ninety nine percent of those panels. <laughs> and this is probably. But, the biggest project you've done like page page count wise yeah it um it was it's gonna end up being approximately we might add some pages um it's gonna be approximately 180 pages so it is it will be the largest single thing that i've ever done and i'm like oh gosh i hope i can stick the landing that's yeah you know it's i feel i feel the pressure but i also have so much support like not only from my friends and family who who care and who you know gas me up all the time but also you know the editorial staff the design um staff they they uh they want to make a good book too you know they're they're there to help me be a better artist and 
you know, sometimes it's hard taking editorial note, you know, even on art. Um, Cause you're like, Oh, I thought it was so clear. How could you not see that? But it's like, I'm too close to it. I'm lost in the sauce. You know, I think I'm the best, <laughs> but you know, I need to, I need to step back sometimes and realize this is a group effort and the group thinks that, you know, this other way would be better. Um, so it's, it's going to be exciting and it's going to be, you know, like nothing I've ever done before. Yeah. And, but I hope I get to do it again. I hope I want to do it again at the end of right. this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, oh, I'm excited and I, I'm yeah. excited to, to get to the point where I can actually like share like, you know, just a few panels here and there so I can show everyone what I've been working on for, for so long. Yeah. Oh, that's super exciting. And I, Sean's a great person to, to, a good partner through this journey. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it's, it's so wild. I met him in my hometown here in Fort Wayne about 10 years ago when I made like a goofy little comic and then we've just kept in touch and it's just like, you never know who's going to be your biggest advocate or your next partner or any of that. So it's like, you know, and I, I don't think that you should be nice to people because you think you're going to get something out of it. But like, you know, getting something out of it isn't so bad. <laughs> All right, Emmett, you got a transition? No. Oh! <laughs> oh wait, how can I set I've, you up? I've been listening to all this inspirational talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's dive into the Insecticon Spe syndrome. Speaking of talking, we open on a crew of Autobots talking to a park ranger. Yeah, you did it! <laughs> there we go. All right. Yes, it opens in a forest, and it's a uh, beachcomber, which is weird. Beachcomber in the forest. Why is uh, he here? Hound and Bumblebee, who's who's having kind of a rough time with the terrain. Yeah, he needs a suspension fixed or something. Like. Yeah, those old Volkswagens, yeah. They're not really meant for uh, climbing cliffs. Uh, well, Spike's in Beachcomber. He's not even in Bumblebee. And we, meet, we meet Jeff, the park ranger, who Jeff. they stumble upon the the sight of all of their trees chewed up almost like an old woody woodpecker cartoon uh yeah, but like a, it's like a sandwich like a cartoon sandwich yeah like yeah big cartoon bites <laughs> <laughs> and i love i love beachcomber his his voice real big yeah i i think because he's only been maybe in one other episode one other one but he is going to come in a couple more yeah i think they try to Base his voice off of Dean Martin or something. He has that like, hey everybody, hey, cool down. Oh, look at this. <gasps> everybody oh, needs to chill. Yeah, these aren't termites I'm talking about. So obviously this is not the work of Woody Woodpecker or a um something else with giant cartoon teeth. It's the Insecticons making their is this their third third appearance, I think? Yeah, but they just find out immediately. They don't have any sort of build up. Yeah, it just goes straight to them. And they're in their hideout, which I, I kind of like. It looks like a, like a termite hill or something. You know, it has like those kind of holes bored into the side. It almost looks like they created it themselves. Yeah. Like, can they, do they like secrete stuff like, in, like insects to create their own little hives? I mean, they do ingest organic material, which they're talking about right now. Oh, well, yes, yes. They're just like, hey, pine trees aren't that filling. Let's go after some redwoods. Just like all I'm thinking about is just like how how hollow are they? Are they like veggie straws that they're just not <laughs> filling? Just um, like, is it the fast food of the tree uh, eaters? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, that's why you need veggie chips. I was just just like, do they have taste buds, or is it just about how how functional it is, and they that's how they differentiate like what they're eating when we saw them before we met them they were in bali and they were eating all like the natives uh, uh crops so they're like eating all the wheat and everything and in that they were just sort of just like eating machines but but in this one uh they seem to be more like food connoisseurs like they have a little more flowery language like food review yeah like and we'll see that later but they're like Oh, the delectable taste. They seem to be liking eating a lot of stuff more than they did before. They seem to take pleasure in it and like leave Yelp reviews as as they eat. Yes, yeah, like Earth will do that to you, I think. Just make you like spoiled and decadent and 
And in this cartoon, uh, they have been on Earth longer than the Decepticons. That's how they found them. They were they like crash landed before them, oh, and no they just kind of adopted being insects <laughs> longer. I mean- so they're a little. I think they're happier being bugs than being robots. I mean, if they're pretty old, then I guess bugs were that size. Yeah, like that makes total sense now because it's like, you know, the the everyone else like turns into a a vehicle. It's like, well, the original vehicles were the big old bugs and the primordial ooze. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love like, seeing oh. ooze transformer. <laughs> I love their designs too. Just like I, I love the um, what there's like a cricket one, a cicada one, and a and a like a beetle. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, these guys are the coolest. I can't remember their names. It's like shrapnel, I can't remember shrapnel? which is which. Shrapnel is the stag beetle. Mm-hmm. Kickback is the grasshopper, and Makes bombshell sense. is the other beetle. The one that repeats himself. Shrapnel. <laughs> Shrapnel is the one that talks like this, this, and has the oh. horns, horns. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But Bombshell's a guy that has a really cool head, like kind of the he mind controls like, people. Like, like the right. sort of like a the big guy. Unicorn. Yeah. His face He's reminds like, me of sort of like a like a knight, like a knight armor. It does helmet. though. Yeah. yeah I noticed kinda. that too, and I'm just like, did he did he adopt that when they when the knights started showing up, or were the knights inspired by oh, him? Oh, that's a cool story. Oh, what, if they help, what if they help spread like, the Black Plague? Uh, oh, no. Oh, okay, I'm editing that out. I'm keeping that idea. <laughs> it was robots all along. Yeah. Ooh. So we go back to the park ranger, Jeff. And and like really the, quickly, though, like the shortest scene in the episode, it's like three seconds where he just goes gigantic robot insects eating trees. You got to be kidding. And then it just heads right. to the next scene. I, I noticed that. I'm just like. Wait, is it usually this fast? Like no, <laughs> just like I, like the pacing for this. Like I, I don't know if it's just maybe my you know more um, modern, more current sensibilities, but it's just like this thing is jam packed with plot. Like oh my gosh, <laughs> wow! Because I'm like we, I feel like we go to three very unique settings in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like we've got the we've got the forest and the in the in the waterfall coming up soon. And then um, the power plant and then the mountain. And we're just like, dang, <laughs> this is insane. This is like a 40 minute show. I can't wait to talk about Iron Mountain. But let's talk about the other. This is Mike, the other park ranger with the big mustache. Mm. The guy and, who almost crashes into the, the tree. Oh, he yeah, lo- he, he went insane. The guy who goes insane. Yeah, he <laughs> loses his that. mind. He, it's he's a figment. Tra- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah, he keeps calling him figments. And yeah, he he's driving to the um, to the location of where all the the bug boys are chowing down. And yeah, he he nearly gets run off the road. And he when they when they show him, he's all like sweating, and his eyes are doing like that kind of anime quiver. You know? mm-hmm. Like, I feel so bad for this guy. He just he just wants to be on fire watch, and instead he's like, <laughs> "What is what's happening? Figments? Like, well, figments? He's on fire watch, and he's going to be fired for reckless driving." Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, this guy, he needs to retire. He's too old. He like, come on, man. Your wife misses you. You should be at that cabin all day. And so Megatron and the Decepticons show up and they're they're looking for the Insecticons. Because now now Megatron clearly hates them, which I love. Like he he finds them annoying. He just wants to use the use them for his plan, and then he's gonna kill them. Like that's what he just said. I, I can't wait to destroy these things. Just get us into the energy plant, and we'll kill you. Yeah. Well, I just feel like if he if he hates them so much, or if he if he knows how annoying they are, like like this guy's so silly for trusting them to to actually like he gives them so much power and then he's like wait they double crossed me what the heck like well, to be fair wait they're actually smart yeah <laughs> to be they're fair great. he does he does keep starscream around who tries to overthrow Ugh. him every episode so that's right. that's his own judgment call or judgment oh my gosh Sa- sound <laughs> waves there to break it up yeah like how did this guy get into power like i mean nothing's more Few things are more dangerous than a motivated idiot. So that can turn into a giant gun. 
and has a yeah. yeah. No, a small gun with Sm he can, big yeah. power. Yeah, he has a giant gun when he's a robot and he turns into a small gun. There have been episodes where he he turns into a gun and yeah, he usually needs to be fired by someone or sometimes he'll go inside the cockpit of one of the jets and he's just a, like a talking gun. Oh my god. So it's it's the fighter jets and then I'm sure there's a terrain vehicle like a, you know, like on the ground. Nothing yet. Oh, yeah, they show up later. Yet. Oh, okay. They're mostly jets, but all Decepticons can fly. And sometimes Autobots can fly when it's convenient, but they usually don't. So that, right. that's the advantage the Decepticons have over uh, the Autobots. They're airborne. Mm. Yeah, just like, wow, I turned to a tank. Wow, I turned to a jet. Wow, I turned to a gun. I turned to a cassette player. <laughs> I turned to a... We turned into a camera. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah there's camera guys. Yeah, uh, reflector. Three. Three of them. Yeah, they're, they're they, three. They need to go at one, all at once? Yeah, they're three normal size Decepticons and they turn into a handheld um, camera. Like like for a for a like human camera or, yes. or like a oh my goodness, this like is ridiculous. Gun, I love this so player. much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like how else are you gonna spy on stuff? And plus like in the toys they each had original identities, but in the cartoon they're all, they're the, all same. the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean you need all different toys. You don't need three of the same toy. Oh, yeah. There's even another gun. Another gun. Two guns. Oh, uh, Shockwave? Shockwave, yes. Yep. And he turns into a ray gun. Mm -hmm. Ooh, pew pew. And in the comics, he stays a giant gun, and then he can fly and talk, too. As a gun. As a, as a big, like, space laser, yeah. Yes! Right. <laughs> So the Autobots, uh, they start fighting the Insecticons. Bumblebee does like a cool kind of, um, he kind of body checks uh, one of the Insecticons from the back and they run away with the Park Rangers and the Insecticons uh, kick a giant, Just a <laughs> giant tree trunk tree. toward them and a very, uh, very fast rolling log. Oh, it's yeah. tearing at him, yeah. He picked up speed so quick. Like, I was so impressed. <laughs> like, I was really impressed with the animation on this. I'm like, dang, this is where the budget went. This is great. Like, it's very creative, too. And so they all go falling off the waterfall uh, with, with the log. Yes, yeah, supposedly. And they then they follow their doom, and that's, that's, uh, that's commercial break number one. But when we come back... The Insecticons are very happy with their uh, their sh the short work they made of the Autobots. And then they start, and then Starscream starts dissing them, and then they start dissing him back. Yeah, and and while the yeah the Decepticons are squabbling with each other, we we see that it wasn't the Autobots and the Park Rangers that fell. It was actually a holographic projection projected by Hound, which is the power like he used a lot early on, and we haven't really I mean, seen it's that established, lately. and it's not. It's yes, not, this is an established power. This right. isn't like gotcha. the playground. No, I've got a force field. That that wasn't that wasn't me. That was dying. That that was a projection. My evil clone. What a cheater! What a what a poor sport that that kid I, always is. <laughs> I really don't like it when people do that. And sometimes it's my friend that does that, oh. and I'm like, please, him out. please stop. What <laughs> friend? Oh. Mm. No names. No names. Anyone who does that cannot be considered a friend. Is what I meant. It's like it's like when I was growing up, we played tag with the neighbor kids. They would always call timeout right before I touched them. I'm like, you know what? I'm not oh, playing anymore. Yes. This is dirty play. This is mean. Like, you can't be doing that. Like, and we would freeze on a timeout, you know, so they couldn't keep running. But like, still, it was unfair. So yeah, no. That's how the Decepticons to... would play tag. We don't see them in their off hours. We, we've seen the Autobots. They're like... Playing basketball. Yeah, they're football. playing basketball, football. They're arm wrestling. Building but... model kits. Yeah. Oh my god, that's adorable. <laughs> Megatron wants the Insecticons to eat enough energy at the Nova power plant that they'll be powerful enough to help him attack the defense computer at Iron Mountain. So so this is this is 
what makes this episode a little special is that there's two different locations. Usually, Megatron wants, he's just going to attack a dam or, or build something. Uh, yeah, he builds uh, like a solar powered machine or he's attacking a power plant. A lot of power plants in Transformers. It was the 80s. Mm-hmm. But but with th- this time, they're going to go to the power plant, get enough energy, and then attack uh, Iron Mountain, which, again, I, I can't wait to talk about. And so Bumblebee and Spike radio this plan back to Optimus Prime. And Optimus is like, he's ready to fight. Like he's he, he, he's like, okay, let's go get him. Yeah. But after they discuss how the Insecticons will eat them, like, come on, that's setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we go to the the Nova power plant and the Insecticons and Decepticons attack. And yeah, like to attack helicopters. Right. So oh, yeah, the those the humans are like, let's get them, and then they're like, oh no. <laughs> I think they're on loan from GI Joe or something, because like, what power plant has three attack helicopters? Like, someone wakes up and goes to work and is like, I'm gonna go fly my attack helicopter. I hope nothing happens at the power plant. I hope giant robots don't attack today. I mean, I guess if giant robot ta- attacks, you, you said that there's a lot of um, power plants, you know, throughout Transformers. So it's like they need to invest. Yeah, they, yeah, they would be prepared by now. Defense. Yeah. Yeah. OK, well, then I, guess I approve makes sense. of these attack yeah. helicopters. They make perfect sense within the context of the show. We did it. But one of them did the <laughs> <Yeah>. Decepticon. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. What if one just transformed? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> With like, someone oh, inside gotcha. it. Yeah. <laughs> Squish. Help. <laughs> No, he he did jacked. Yeah, <laughs> the and the park ranger's like, more figments, figments. Helicopters are transforming. <laughs> He's oh, just in the background, yeah. just following everyone. Like, what is going on? Where's my wife? <laughs> The Autobots show up, and again, like, Optimus, he he's, like, screaming. He's like, Autobots attack! Please, no, I don't yeah. want another favors. Yeah, he use, he's usually not that... Um, like, like, aggressive? That, like last episode. Yeah, he's he's pretty aggressive in this episode, I think. But the helicopters get shot down, mm-hmm. and uh, Inferno and Jazz go to help. And yeah, this is a cool thing. Yeah, they they there's a really cool shot from inside the cockpit where Jazz kind of yeah. like he transforms, and then like reaches in and, and pulls the uh, yeah the the cockpit window off. Yeah, I thought that was a really creative thing. Hmm. And then Inferno sprays Jazz with foam to kind of put mm-hmm. out the fire of the helicopter. But the uh, they they get in there. Yeah, the Insecticons get in. They they chew their way through the wall, and uh, <laughs> the scientists run away instantly. They don't bother to turn off the machine. They just run away. And what power plant is that with like this weird energy egg in the middle? They said it was a Nova plant. I guess. But yeah, really, um, you know, warning for photosensitive viewers on this this scene right here. That's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> so they're chewing away and then they they grow bigger, but they only grow slightly larger. Like I, I don't when, know. I feel like they grew like two two, three sizes. Um but like it made me think more about like how they are kind of organic creatures. Like, because, like, yeah. you, you can't make more metal without making more metal, but it's, like, they just they just grow and kind of stretch. But, like, I know it's just the 80s cartoon thing of we're not going to explain anything, um, but I thought it was really interesting because, like, now they're, like, they were weenies and now they're buff. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, it, it was just curious to me because I don't remember them being significantly smaller in the other episodes. Mm-hmm. And even now they're, like, a little bigger than Soundwave, but they're not like twice the size of Megatron. Speaking of Soundwave, we can hear him eavesdropping. Oh yeah, he's got his little he's got his little like Walkman or it's more like a stethoscope. Stethoscope, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like for a second there, just because I I maybe wasn't paying attention, like, wait, isn't Soundwave on the Autobots? And then like I, I thought he was an Autobot for a second and I'm like, wait, what's going on? Oh no, they're gonna you know bug him but i'm like wait their idea of like making you know it being a, a decepticon obviously it makes way more sense because you know these bugs they're not gonna do what megatron wants like oh yeah why would they, they like they don't like each other and also like they're 
they're all like cut from the same cloth, you know? Yeah. And and Soundwave is probably the most competent Decepticon there is. I mean, he he usually gets the job done. <laughs> He's he wants to be the right hand man when a uh, Starscream finally, you know, gets canned or something. Exactly. So this was a cool thing where the yeah, the Insecticons shoot a little energy ball in the Soundwave's head. Yeah, and, and this had me say that a lot. This had me doing research about uh like how insects can turn each other into zombies that like that's zo- fungi yeah well yeah, there's the it, it's it's both it's both i i pulled up some 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 websites doing some research and yeah now in, in the insect world is terrifying yes. um, oh, yeah. oh absolutely it's the yeah. it's the furthest thing from human and it's wild and we need it to survive it's crazy yes but if they were like three times the size that they are now then i think the world oh. would be over i certainly yeah, wouldn't no. yeah. i would have a pet praying mantis yeah, but then he would eat my head, probably. Oh, that yeah. would imply that we, we made it for... Okay, all right. You don't want to get this... You don't ah. want to remove the clean tag off this episode. But yeah, so like, right. You know, just... Uh-huh. That's not- well, I, I, I thought it was like more of like they made him part of their hive mind. Because like yes. the insect is not... They're so in sync, you know? Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're peas in a pod, but then like they, you know, they made... Soundwave, a part of their hive mind, and it's like, and now they can hear what he hears and and infiltrate on um the the Decepticons' plan. I'm like, oh, that's so smart because like they don't care about what the Autobots are doing. Like they, like, yeah, really, they, they don't engage with them very much. Like they only engage because the Autobots are the ones engaging, and I'm just like, yeah. that is so smart because like the. They have beef with each other, like the Incepticons and Decepticons, they have beef with each other, you know, which makes total sense why they're being so vindictive. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, man, this is They're this petty. Is they're petty. All the Decepticons petty. are petty. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Like, oh, we need more petty villains. <laughs> Give oh. them to me now. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, Spike has a gun. Yeah. 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 He's really Spike active. They're firing, yeah, and then Wheeljack and Ironhide, they, like, climb up the, the towers to kind of check out if the Insecticons did eat up the uh, the energy egg. And then they, they did. Yeah, they, 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 totally zap, did. they zap the tower, and there's that really cool shot where Wheeljack's falling. It starts with a close-up of his face, and then it, like, pulls back as he falls, uh, clutching to the tower. Mm-hmm. That was Again. pretty neat. Yeah, well, it doesn't hurt much. Just a couple tons of metal falling on him. Yeah. Don't deal. worry about it. You'll be fine. Just walk it off. Fine. And then there's that other weird shot where Ironhide's clinging and his like forearm pops open and you kind of see his circuitry and he has a yeah, little label. He has a label that says Ironhide that. on it. Oh, wait, the was? I don't know why it he, it yeah. does that. Maybe that's the name of his kid, like Andy puts on the uh, <laughs> shoe. <laughs> and it's, it's his VIN number. It's like his identification they, code. They named it after me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it pops open, but I just thought that was a, a, a weird detail interesting yeah interesting choice yeah especially the the, whatever animator decided to write his name on his (laughs) it's so he doesn't forget who he is yeah what's my name again prime optimus uh opens up his trailer and they they put wheeljack and ironhide in the back to take back to the ark for repairs the endless void of his trailer yeah and the autobots they they kind of retreat they they don't finish the fight and uh again that's my job yeah <laughs> and, and and this shot where bumblebee Flame transforms spike. to take off and like nearly forget spike like he spike oh. has to like jump into the window <laughs> i just i love that and his little his little yellow boots hanging out yes. i'm just like he's like i hate fighting in reverse and then he's just like yeet and then and then spike's like wait <laughs> a second <laughs> but yeah i i think i like how like I don't know how active the human characters are in other episodes, but like I did like just how I feel like how much Spike contributed to this episode because um, it just felt like he was, uh, I don't know, like there was a purpose for him being there and he's not like just a burden, you know? He does a good job this episode of telling everyone to watch out. <laughs> I, I do like, like that. Hey, they're going like, to explode. Who else is going to do it? <laughs> and this is not the first time he's had a gun. Didn't he fire Optimus's gun? 
one time? He, he did. And with no recoil. Like I I want to I want to draw that too where he fires it and it, it just like sends him back into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's a beefcake. He's his feet are so firmly planted on the ground. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens after you work in a an oil rig at like 15, 16. Yeah, yeah he's a 15-year-old just, boy who worked on an oil rig with his dad. There's got to be laws against that. There have to be. And dated an <laughs> MIT graduate. That's, yeah. yeah. What? Well, he will end up getting married and have a child. Yep, there's Carly, who we met only once so far, but but in season three, he grows up and they're married. But yeah, she she's already an MIT graduate and he's 15. I don't know. <laughs> it was the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Labor laws so, relax. Nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. So the Autobots figure out that the the energy that the Insecticons um, ate up at the Nova power plant is incompatible with their stomachs, and mm-hmm. w- which made them three ticking time bombs. Oh no. <sighs> oh, I, no. Anyway, I love this little this little storytelling thing so much. Like it it just. I feel like it ups the stakes and also it's just really clever. I think it's really clever. Just like, oh yeah, that's the wrong electricity. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, it should be using alternating current. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got the DC. They needed AC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go to a commercial two and then we get to Iron Mountain, which it's I found building. I found baffling because what is going on with this place? It, it looks like a supervillain hideout it's to like begin the with. World energy chip is stored there. That's oh, yeah. That's isn't it the, the U.S. government? Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's kind of this purple. Uh, it has a base with sort of like a like a diamond, almost like the diamond above the Sims. Yeah, it's like a big purple diamond on a pedestal. It, like I, I did like the design. It was it really stood out. It was nice. It's certainly interesting. And then so the Decepticons attack and then they go into their defense mode, which we have like this kind of weird uh, Dr. Strangelove computer panel and like what one, two, three giant like steel walls go surround them, just close down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they put up this weird alternating yeah, this, vending machine yeah, yeah they have this like kind of weird computer come up they have they have uh automated guns on the in base the themselves, and then they have uh, guns in the mountains that start right, firing like, they called it uh, they didn't they didn't name it iron mountain for nothing yeah but i, I just want to know like what what uh ufo do they have stored here like what alien corpse like like what secret like what is worth protecting so hard World, yeah. the, the world defense thing yeah they have a yeah the, a defense computer but like i don't know something uh, there's they, aliens in there somewhere wait did they fly did they fly to nevada yeah even though it's being attacked by alien robots we know aliens exist <laughs> yeah they're right here yeah they look yeah. like trucks robots in disguise <laughs> yeah so so while the assault on Iron Mountain's going on, we go back to the Ark and Wheeljack and Ratchet. They're working on the an- the antidote. It's an antidote to make the Insecticons Tons. back like, to normal size, or it's to kind of prevent like, the dissipate their their like, farts or something. Like. <laughs> yeah, like to neutralize the power that it's they. It's a Pepto Bismol. Yes, yes Pepto. it is. It's an antacid. It's a robot Pepto. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I was just like. Usually the, you know, the solution to this is more like code or more electricity, but in this it's a liquid. And I'm just like, how does this get absorbed? Because like if they can they, eat, they can absorb. I, I suppose you're right, but they just kind of shoot it at them. Like, yes. um, yeah, they like load it into a, a big old gun. Oh, and we'll then they there. just we'll like, yeah, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they they make the uh, they're working on the antidote, but then they're fighting at Iron Mountain, and yes. then the Insecticons are like, "Why are we doing this when we could make the the, the mountain fight for us?" Which I yeah, thought they was turn genius. the guns. Yeah, like that's yeah, they so turn the guns fun. around and start firing. Uh, uh, yeah, at the base, and then we have a reoccur a newly reoccurring trope of 
Autobots getting buried in rocks, rock slides. That seems to be a a it's it's kind of the the quick cartoon solution to they need more time. Yeah, they we stopped we stopped one side and that gives us time to do another thing. And then it gives them the opportunity to crawl out. I do like how Inferno's laying on top of Hound. Yeah, and they're just like, get off of me, you big, big robot guy. And then the guy's yeah. like, get the mountain off of me and I'll get off of you. And it's just like, oh, it's it's cute little banter. And like, I, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know these characters, but it's, it's nice, like, to just from this instance to see, like, they have a relationship. You know, it's not just a, like, a working relationship. Like, they're buddies. In watching the show, that is one of the strengths that even though there there is a, a cast of hundreds on this show, like whenever <laughs> they need to sell new toys, they they just show up. But like mm-hmm. the writers or, do a great job of giving them like one or two lines and you you know their personalities. They either show up or get phased out. Right. But 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 you know what I mean? Like they even just yeah. with their voices. Um like, you know, this guy is easygoing because the way he talks like this or, or the tough guy who's gruffer or, you know. No, no, mm-hmm. no. It's Bacepta. Yeah. The smart guys are English. And it, yeah, they, it's 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 cartoon shorthand, but I think it really works. Yeah. Especially with something like, you know, this is meant for, you know, kids eight to eight to 12 years old or whatever. So, yeah, that's it. You know, they not my they <laughs> not. not <laughs> 30 year old uh, <laughs> somethings but you know <laughs> you think he's 30 okay I'm, moving on i'm almost 30 <laughs> <laughs> he's 40 adorable yeah it's the new 30 it is it is <laughs> it really is but yeah no like i you know it it's nice just kind of having that you know where i don't need to know a lot because they will tell me immediately and if they, yes. you know, if they don't tell me, then it's not important. And I think that that's such a strength of um, from seeing this because it's just like this felt so jam packed and so fast paced. And I didn't question like I questioned things, but it's like in the moment, I didn't question anything. because I'm just like, I'm along for the ride. I'm going to go yeah, buy some moving. toys after this. I'm going to beg my parents oh, yeah. for some toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's moving so fast that that they just blow through the fact that uh, Soundwave and Megatron just like um, weld through the three defense walls uh, and they get to the computer. Mm-hmm. Soundwave downloads all the data and then Megatron, I love this, he kind of walks out and he's like, well, we have all the data. <laughs> now we can destroy the Insecticons. <laughs> You're saying the quiet part out loud. I know, yeah. As he always yeah. does. <laughs> not, not knowing that Soundwave is like their radio receiver and they're like, oh, oh, that's how well, it is. Then. Why do they do that? They n- probably know that they're being spied on. Yeah. Oh, well, you're always being but then they, he on. bugged all the rest of them. Yes. Oh, got him. <laughs> and, and then Bombshell, he he takes control of all the all of all the the jets. Mm-hmm. But then Meg, and he the fire, birds. He, yeah, yeah. But he fires like one of those pellets at Megatron. He catches it. Like, no. <laughs> and then Maybe Bombshell is like, no, yeah. my cerebro shell. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, oh, it's, he broke it. Which kind of goes into your hive mind theory because, like, it actually hurts when those things get destroyed. It's yeah, because like I, I would imagine that undoing that for something for something like biomechanical like this, it would hurt, you know, like yeah. And also, I mean, yeah. it would just be really disappointing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and put all this work into this. No, <laughs> I thought my plan would work perfectly. <laughs> And then we have a really cool drawing of Optimus who looks like he's in he's in a classic Jet Kirby pose where his his hand is about five times the size it should be. It's all foreshortened like toward the camera where he's like, no, Megatron, because Megatron's about to blast away the Insecticons because they try to take over his mind. Yeah. And then so uh, Optimus spears Megatron. Yeah. He, he stops him from doing that because if he shoots, if, if Megatron destroys them, they're going to blow up because they're ticking time bombs. Yeah. So we have a rare instance of Megatron and Optimus teaming up. They, they're hiding behind a rock. They're like on the same team for like a hot second. And it, I felt like Optimus Prime saved Megatron's life like three times this episode. Like, that's what it felt like. Well, the Insecticons have they have indigestion. They're kind of doubling over and they yeah, have lightning they, they're around feeling their bellies. It. Yep. Yeah. They're like, oh, what's going on? And it's like, dude, go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And then they blast Megatron, which just sends him through a wall. And and he's like, he's like down for the count for a while. <laughs> and Spike, then, Sp- Spike has his new watch where he's like, 
Optimus, 30 seconds to go. It, it passes 30 seconds real quick. Yeah. And here's one of my, my favorite moments where Optimus, he picks Megatron up by his shoulders. He's like, you have to fight Megatron. Get up. I can't. And then Optimus so smoothly and gently transforms megatron into a gun right he's like you have to transform and then he like he's like picking him up like the madonna and 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 like like holding jesus and he like flips him over and he turns him into a gun and i'm just like what is going on (laughs) i just i so didn't expect that i'm just like what is going on here it's they're working together and in the weirdest way. <laughs> It'd be funny if, if Optimus like brought out the old like instructions. He's like, all right, step one. Uh, uh, fold this. Uh, oh, oh, the peg broke. No. <laughs> He's ruined. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. My uh, mom will buy me a new one. Uh, good thing this is die cast. So Optimus, he... he Wait, where's he, that piece? Yeah, he dives. <laughs> he dives, holding Megatron, gets into the prone position, and he, he takes a bombshell. With the mm-hmm. with the antidote, and he he shrinks. Yeah, yeah. The what? Uh, who's who's the medic robot again? Um, he shows Ratchet. up. Yeah, he shows up. He gives him the antidotes, like three like cartoon vials. Yep. Like, well, Give with him the more if you want success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they just load it up, and he he starts firing. And then Spike comes in. And he, Ten seconds. Well, and then they're like, Spike, get away. And then he's like, no, I got to do the thing. So he grabs the antidote, which is j- like the size of a baseball bat. And yes, he climbs up this electrified robot. Well, and he, that's the because, thing, like, too. Lightning burst through a wall. Yeah, it was like, yeah. like you talk about Ma- Ma- Madonna and child. It, like this almost seems like this kind of biblical intervention where like lightning strikes the tower and then like gives the insecticon the, the power of lightning for for a minute which is mm-hmm. it, not explained it's so weird then ben franklin shows up oh, yeah that's mine <laughs> i did that <laughs> yeah i don't understand but Spike does a another flip yes he like yeah. opens his hatch and he tosses it in and then he and then he bounces yeah, but but before that, when yeah, sh- shrapnel uh, has the lightning power, he's about to destroy the last vial, and Spike does this like amazing forward flip, and grabs the vial, mm-hmm. and then this really cool uh, explosion. Yeah, and then <laughs> again, Spike really showing up. He's 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 got yeah, the the athletic skills and marksmanship, and then yeah, then he climbs up a robot uh, American Ninja Warrior style, <laughs> right? And then Optimus says bike yeah <laughs> wait what he says bike why <laughs> it sounds his circuits were scrambled he just he's got supposed shot. to say spike but it, oh. he actually said bike <laughs> bike <laughs> shrapnel blows up and the the, the spell's been broken Soundwave kind of pops the, the the pill out of <laughs> out of the front of his head yeah <laughs> bombshell fires a laser that can Put them all together. Just put them back together, which is really weird. Falls like dust. Very... Little, falls like dust or snow or whatever. Yeah, they're like falls. little. Yeah, like little, little petals little that fall on them. Yeah, like I thought it was like a disco light. Yeah. So, so they all get pe- put back together, and then they just like they just jump on the on the jets and uh, run out the door and fly away. And then Megatron's angry, mm-hmm. and he's like, "We got to get these guys." And they fly off, and and that's kind of it. And then Spike it, makes a crummy joke. They all laugh mm-hmm. it off, and then they all laugh. And like the the a great composed shot. I love where Optimus has his has his hands up like it like in an eighty sitcom. He's like, mm-hmm. oh well, that's just what happens when we fight a, a war with between giant transforming robots. And and no, that's I just, I just noticed Regal Jack's lights are are blinking on his on his head. Oh, Did you oh yeah. Did you notice that? Yes. Okay. That's how he laughs. Yeah. <laughs> I, cool. I noticed that before and I was like, nice. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That's so cute. Oh, I love that picture. So yeah, that that's that's the end. Uh it, it it ends with the Decepticons chasing each other. Because um, yeah, they nearly all killed each other. And the Autobots are like, oh, that was fun. That was fun anyway. Yeah, like I kind of liked how the Autobots were just like they were doing their best, but it wasn't really about them. 
you know? Yeah, they were just there to kind of intervene when things were getting too real, like with the explosions. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, they they weren't they weren't ever really being attacked. Like the Insecticons didn't have much to do with them. And yeah, even Optimus was helping out Megatron not blow up uh, half the country. So yeah, they were they were just kind of um, facilitators of the action. They weren't directly involved in a weird way. Right. They intervened, but like. Like they were forgotten about almost as quickly by the the offending parties. It was just like, yeah. And then, but like, I thought it 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 wrapped up really nicely for them because it wasn't their beef, and so they they could just like, well, we stopped the doom. Let's go home. <laughs> they they still have a basketball court. They were playing basketball last week, so nice. So that's the end of the episode. Um, Courtney, we usually uh at this point we rate. We rate the episode uh, one to ten energon cubes. So, as our guest, you may go first. What What did you think of the Insecticon syndrome? I thought it was a blast. Honestly, um, <laughs> I don't have much to compare it to, so it, it's it's going to be something else. But like, I really I like bug designs. Um, I I liked how kind of active the humans were in this. Like, I know it's about the the you know the Autobots, but it's like. I, I do like that kind of Spike saved the day, you know, after doing yeah. something really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so just going in blind and and from what I've experienced, I'm going to give it eight Energon cubes out of ten. All right. All right. I thought it was a lot of fun. Emma, go ahead. I was thinking seven, seven and a half. It was... Okay. E- episode. It was episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sure too special, was. just... Autobots protecting an energy plant with uh, a twist or a character spotlight. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half. Elsa, what did you think? Um, I think seven and a, seven. Seven? Uh, seventy-seven. Yeah. Seven. Seventy-seven. Seven. Okay. Se- ah, <laughs> seven. Okay. Yes. I I liked the episode, but uh, I think out of some of the other episodes it was pretty basic but it yeah it was still very fun mm-hmm. that's fair i I, w- I will go upon this is my third viewing i will go uh, seven and three quarters okay it, it, for for the fact that i love iron mountain i love how a crazy design that is and we still have no idea like what's going on there or where it is i like I usually find the Insecticons very annoying. Like I don't like their speech patterns and they're just, they're just very irritating characters. But, but this one, I liked it because they were Megatron found them equally annoying in the show as I do usually watching them. And I liked how um, he couldn't stand him. Well, it's like, that's, that's one of like the key things. Like if you're going to have an annoying character, someone else has to find them annoying. So you feel justified. Yes. Yeah. So 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 for that, yeah, I I will I will go with that. They're still not my favorite, but this was probably like the best way to use them so far. Um, I don't know how many episodes we have left of them. I'm not sure. Like I went into this episode fully thinking that they were just gonna die at the end. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Like, oh no, I no, kinda... they do that in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was, well, but I was like really pleasantly die. surprised when I saw that they were actually kind of competent and they got away. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they're as annoying as I find them, they usually um, they kind of get the upper hand on Megatron, and they seem to be more successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a higher win percentage when they show up. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting because it's like I don't know what to expect with any of this, and and like the. Uh, I, with with uh what am i saying um a a toy company you know they want to get new things in and new and old things out so i thought they were going to be like one of those things like where they show up for an episode they can make a toy and sell it and then they can like boot them um but it's like mm-hmm. knowing that they show up you know semi-regularly it sounds like that i'm just like well now i kind of want to go back and, and see the other episodes with the insecticons because i think they're at least interesting there there's one uh, it's uh it's enter the nightbird right yes where that one's different because it's only bombshell the guy with the night face 
and he's kind of working as Megatron's mad scientist, kind of? Yes, he's the wheel jack. Yeah, he's like the evil wheel jack. And he's he, the mind control. He takes control of a, a female ninja robot. Awesome. Ooh. That's a really good episode. That one's pretty that crazy, too. I, I suggest after this, not like mm-hmm. as soon as we end this podcast, but, you know, in, in your due time, you're busy. Mm-hmm. I would suggest Enter the Nightbird. That's that's a that's a pretty cool one, too. Yeah, I'm definitely going to like two. since they're all available. So, like, why why not just go through the episodes and, and you know, see what I like? I've been trying to, you know, to um, watch or read things that maybe I wouldn't normally have. You know, just trying to branch out and maybe learn some new things. So hopefully, hopefully I can get that from from this. I I hope so too. <laughs> we we wouldn't be doing a Transformers podcast if if we didn't find this amazing and fun. If anything, if anything, these episodes are fun to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, e- even with even without like the nostalgia factor, they're they're very entertaining and weird and and sometimes they pull out some amazing animation or action scenes and you never know what you're gonna get but it it's 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 such a fun show (laughs) and this was a fun show thank courtney thank you very much for joining us yeah thank you so much for having me i yeah this was this was definitely different and i'm i'm so glad that i said yes i'm so glad that you asked because um like I don't know. I, I feel like I should do more of this. Uh, you know, maybe if I if I'm with you guys again or, you know, maybe get on some other friends podcast like this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're a great guest. Yeah. We'd love to have you back. Well, um, I mean, there's 49 episodes in season two. So there there's oh, wow. there's plenty of guest spots to fill. And then there's a whole season after this. So um, I'm, I'm sure you'll be on the show <laughs> in in the future, whether near or far. We'll We'll see. All right, so let's wrap this up. So, uh, yes, uh, Courtney Hahn, thank you for joining us, and we look mm-hmm. forward to all your projects, including Fast Break with uh, with Sean Pryor. I'm sure it'll be great. And uh, yeah, thank you once again, and uh, thank you everybody for listening to One More Prime. Bye. 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 Bye.